And I'm looking forward to the day where we're able to go and spend an eternity with him. But for now, we're just going to serve him. Amen? Keep on serving him uh, as we have been told and have been commanded to do so. If you go ahead and take your Bibles, John chapter number 15 this evening, the book of John chapter number 15, Jesus Christ is speaking in our text. Well, you say, how do you know that? Well, the wonderful words in red. Thankful for those words that Jesus Christ has spoken to us, has given us the truth that we might know how to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be saved than other through the faith and trusting in Jesus Christ and His finished work. Just a few chapters from our text in John chapter number 19, verse number 30. One of my favorite phrases, that was, or the favorite phrase personally that I have from the cross. It is finished. Glory to God that what He has done doesn't need any help, doesn't need anyone else to do anything else to make it complete. He has done a complete work for each and every one of us. If you're in John chapter 15, say amen. All right, John chapter number 15 in our text, I want to read in verse number 5, and we'll go down through about verse number 11. Look with me, John chapter 15, verse number 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Can I say amen to that? To be honest with you, for us to be able to get out of the bed, we wouldn't be able to do it without Jesus Christ. Boy, for us to be able to go through the trudges of the day, we wouldn't be able to do it without Jesus Christ. I'll be honest with you, the people that don't know Jesus, I don't know how they're able to make it through the day. When I I see people that lose loved ones and they're just sorrowing and they sorrow as those that have no hope, I don't know how they try to make it where they're not able to make it. I've said it many times, I said it years ago, I had a friend of mine that had lost a friend and and, uh, he just really kind of just went off the deep end of of, of misery and pain and, and uh Because he didn't have a promise, Brother Earl, that he'd see his dad again someday. Then I had another friend that lost his father about the same time. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what it's like because thank God I still have my dad with me. Uh, But I lost a friend that he lost his dad or had a friend that lost his dad as well. And he was able to go on and, and I was talking to him. We had a mutual friend that, and he said, Shane, all I can figure is... We got something that he doesn't have, Jesus Christ. And boy, I'm thankful that we can have that. We can do nothing without him. Verse number six, and if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That is a prayer of faith right there. That is a prayer of faith that we just trust and His words abide in me and we abide in Him and then uh, ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. In verse number 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, wow, look at this, so have I loved you. Hmm. Continue ye in my love. If ye 
keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. But look at this in verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. That is a great, great verse right there. Can I read it again? That just absolutely blesses me. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy, uh, my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I'm so thankful that we can have joy unspeakable. I'm so thankful that it's not about our circumstances that makes us joyful, but it is the Savior that we serve. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for how you've blessed us. Lord, we thank you that you've given us a promise. Uh, Lord, that we'll be able to join others that have trusted in you as their Savior, Lord. And we'll have that wonderful time and meet again on the other side. And God, days like today where families have lost loved ones and have had to bury loved ones. God, we're thankful for that promise is so true in our life. And Lord, you've made it possible. But Lord, I pray that you just touch us tonight, God, that we would take a uh, account of our joy, Lord, that uh, what is our joy really truly dependent upon? Lord, we know that our joy is completely dependent upon you and what you have done for each and every one of us. God, I pray you'd be with this congregation that is here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd use them. Lord, I pray that you'd send them out, God, tomorrow, that they might tell somebody about you, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might have somebody saved by the Holy Spirit of God, by faith, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'd just touch us during this service time. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me, God. I pray you'd allow me to preach, God, Lord, in the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you'd use my tongue, God. Empty me of myself and use me for an empty vessel that you'd have us to use. Touch those, God, that may be watching by the way of internet tonight. Lord, I pray that they would be blessed, God, as well by the service tonight. And Lord, we thank you that your word is, will, will never return void. And God, we uh, stand on your word tonight. And Lord, it's in your uh, precious Holy Son's name that we pray. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. I'll be honest with you, uh, a lot of things will cause us to have joy and some things will cause us to have problems. And I'll be honest with you, uh, the last few months we thought that all of the ads would be gone and that would bring much joy to our life. But the ads are going to continue on. But that doesn't stop our joy from continuing. To be honest with you, we all have things that bring joy to us. Some things bring joy to you that wouldn't dare bring joy to me. And to be honest with you, there's things that some people enjoy that uh, I don't understand. I won't go through the laundry list of those things. I, 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 but I just don't understand what brings joy to some people, how they uh, enjoy this certain thing or this certain activity. But again, there's some things that I do that don't bring joy to you. Uh, that you wouldn't enjoy doing. But there's all different perspectives that we have and different things that we have. It may be very simple that brings joy to you. It may be very complicated thing that brings joy to you. But something brings joy in your life. It may be someone that brings joy in your life. I'll be honest with you, my wife brings much joy into my life. I, I, I love to see her smiling face. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You're dismissed. I'm going to go see her. No, I'm joking. I, would, I haven't done a thing, Brother Gary. I promise you I, that, I, that I know of. <laughs> 
But that brings, she brings joy to my life to be able to see her, to spend time with her. My children bring joy to my life most of the time. And just like your children bring joy to your life. And there are family members, but then there are events that take place that bring joy to your life. But the circumstances are not what we concentrate in order to have joy because joy is not necessarily happiness. We're not, sometimes I'll, be not, I'll not be happy about something, but I can still have joy in my life. I can still have joy when the circumstances don't look good. As a matter of fact, Elihu in Job 35 was actually say this, Where is my God, my maker, who giveth song in the night? In the dark seasons, in the difficult times, you can still have a song. I asked Paul and Silas whether you can have a song at midnight. <laughs> Hallelujah, you sure can. You can ask the jailer, the Philippian jailer, uh, what happens at midnight and what would bring joy to them and and what was a very difficult situation for him eventually turned into joy for him. Why? Because they said, what, sir, what must I do to be saved? And joy came into his life because they told him what must he do to be saved. And he was saved, glory to God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. But what is even better is, Brother Shane, this amazes me, that they said not only you would be saved and thy house. And his people, the family group, those people that he loved, a joy came into their household because of somebody getting saved. And what joy comes into our hearts when salvation truly comes in. See, it's God that gives us joy, and it's not the circumstances, it's not the things, it's not the people. Because if we depend on those things, things change. People change. At one time, you may be very best friends with someone, but then a a few years later, hey, I'll be honest with you. I, I had friends in high school, but the day that I graduated from high school is probably the last time that I saw many of those people. And I really considered them friends. But yet if I depended on them to bring my joy, my joy would be absolutely empty. See, but in our text, the secret to joy is found in abiding in Christ. When we begin to look at this verses, verses in uh, chapter number 15, if you look actually through the first 11 verses, uh, as a matter of fact, abide is used 11 times in the first 11 verses of John chapter number 15. Our abiding in Jesus Christ is directly related to our joy. If I'm reading this text correct, if I'm deducting what the Bible is telling us correctly, then our joy is directly correlated to how I spend time and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, what is abiding all about? Well, the best illustration that I've ever heard is a man that said, "Uh, are you a tea drinker? And and someone said, yes, I'm a tea drinker. And they said, now, uh, the difference between are you a dipper? I'm not talking about snuff now. But are you a dipper or are you an abider? They said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, dipping tea, well, you'll get that little tea bag and you'll get the water and you'll kind of dip down in there and you'll bring it out and you'll kind of dip down in there and then you'll bring it back out and, and maybe just get a little bit, a hint of the flavor. But then someone that abides likes that really good. Yeah, amen, glory to God. Thick, southern, 
Sweet. Sweet. Amen. I'm getting amens on sweet tea. That good, thick, sweet tea, you take that bag and you don't just dip it in there. You set it in there and let it just abide. Until all of a sudden, even when that water is just boiling and it's hot and, and then all of a sudden it just, that water just keeps getting darker and darker and it gets stronger. As a matter of fact, this amazes me, Brother John, that really truly, that little illustration shows me that somebody that just dips in and out of Jesus, don't get a whole lot of flavor of Jesus. But if they abide in Jesus then the flavor gets stronger. You get that good, strong, sweet, (laughs) sweet tea. That's the the kind of abiding that I'm talking about that we should do and and that, that correlation between our joy and His joy. And He has made it very clear that God Himself, Jesus Christ, has made it clear that there's a difference between my joy and His joy. There's a clear, there's a stark difference between the two. As a matter of fact, when you're abiding and you're going there, that means to actually keep in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and so that His, He can work in your life through us and produce fruit. That's that way that one, one uh, a man was able to say it. But, but it's obvious that Jesus makes it clear that you have to abide in me and then there is a, my joy, but then there is your joy. And I, I just want to say, what kind of joy do you want tonight? Would you rather have the joy that you think that is okay, the joy of, of a sports game or the joy of a, a meal that you would share with someone or the joy of spending time with uh, somebody? Or would you rather have the joy unspeakable and full of glory kind of joy that Jesus Christ can put into your life? And tonight, if we're going to be able to do that, we've got to learn to abide in Jesus Christ. And Brother Joe, our pastor, did an awesome job. He preached not long ago about the right of this very chapter about abiding in Christ. And, and so I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to talk about the joy that we can have by abiding in Jesus Christ. See, my joy comes and goes. Really, truly. But his joy remains. That my joy may remain in you, is what he has to say. His joy remains. My joy needs a fill-up every once in a while. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever gone to like the bare minimum of running out of gas? I'm talking praying that the gas station is downhill from where you are. I'll be honest with you, one of the greatest vehicles I ever had was a Ford truck, and it would tell you, you got 50 miles remaining. You got 49 miles remaining, and you'd get down, you got 10 miles remaining. I'm, I'm one of those gambler type guys, not, I don't gamble, but those guys that, you know what, a, got nine miles to go. You got, and I have gotten down to one, and I started sweating. And then what really got me, Brother Steve, is it, got to zero. And that's when I was saying, oh Lord, please let this gas station be downhill. 
And, and we're doing that and, and we need to make sure that we get a fill up every once in a while. That, that empty tank comes on, that empty sign or you're low on fuel. Now, uh, another vehicle that we had, my wife, she wanted a Chevrolet. And I, I don't know, she, we've been praying for her for years to get saved. But she wanted a Chevrolet. And, uh, and we got her that Chevrolet. And I thought, well, everything's like a Ford. It'll tell you how many miles you got before you run out of gas. We got to 50, and I was thinking, well, all right, we got 50 miles to go. And then it got to 49, and after it said 49 for about 10 seconds, it said low. That doesn't help me a bit. I need to know how low I am, not just low. But here, if we look at our gauge, I wonder what our gauge would say on our joy tonight. Is our, is our joy full like God tells us it needs to be? Or is our joy dependent upon so many other things, so many outside circumstances that we need to go in and get a little fill up from time to time? Uh, and I'll be honest with you, coming into church is a little fill up for me. Coming in and worshiping with the people of God is a fill up for me. It's a, to be able to go in, I, I've heard it said this way, I feel like uh, I come into church feeling like a dump truck and go home feeling like a Cadillac. Hallelujah. I'm glad that we can have those sort of ways. We can have those types of joy in our life. Our joy is one that we need to fill up every once in a while. We need to refill. But God's joy, it remains. It is satisfying. It's something that uh, you ask the woman at the well, glory to God, how her joy was after she got saved. Glory to God. That's some kind of joy that she had. God does not desire that we run deplete of the joy in our life. His desire is that we are absolutely so full of joy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That we get so full of joy that we just can't take any more. Have you ever seen a Baptist that looked like they were baptized in lemon juice? (laughs) Where's your joy? Let's be happy. Let's enjoy that the salvation that God has given. Restoring to me the joy of thy salvation tonight. We have that, uh, that there are points in our life where we need to have that joy that's filled up for us. As a matter of fact, look with me in John chapter number 15, verse number 11. We'll go ahead and get into the message uh, tonight. But look at verse number 11 with me. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be, what is that very last word? Full. We begin to look that word up to be able to say, well, well, what does that word really mean? I know what full means. It means to, uh, there's, there's different ways. Uh, you could be a glass half full kind of person. You could be a glass half empty type of person. You may be a, a person that, well, how full is really full? I, I talk about gas stations and filling cars up with gas. I'm one of those guys that absolutely crams as much fuel as I can into that gas tank until it just about spurts back out on you. I know none of y'all do that, but I, that's the way. But to be honest with you, that's what that word means. That's what that word means, that full is not just pretty good level. Full is not to the very brim where it's about to spill over. Full in this context that Jesus Christ is using as we look at the word of God, it actually means to cram in that nothing else can go without spilling over. Boy, what did David say that uh, his cup runneth over? 
thank God that uh, that's the kind of joy that we can have in our life. You say, well, Brother Shane, what kind of joy are you excited about? Well, I'm excited about the joy of salvation. God has given us a salvation that makes us joyful. The day that we got saved, I can tell you about the day that I got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I was born again, and I've been born again ever since that day. I don't have to worry about anything else because God has been uh, 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 has saved me, and I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm on my way to heaven. Why? Brother Shane, what did you do to deserve it? Absolutely nothing. The joy of my salvation is knowing that it's not in my hands. Because, Brother Jerry, if it was in my hands, then I could lose it. So it's not in my hands, but it is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to worry about it, that my joy of my salvation is full. He says that it's my joy. My joy is the kind of joy that he's talking about. It's not me, myself, but his, him speaking himself. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell you that the joy that it gave to me when I was just a boy, that I, I'll be honest with you. How many remember the day that you got saved? How many of you remember the joy that you had that you just absolutely felt like you could jump over the tallest building, you could jump over clouds, you wanted to tell everybody in the world all about it? Why? Because the joy was just bubbling up inside of your soul and you wanted to tell everybody you could about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what joy of salvation that we're able to have when we have the joy of the Lord and the joy of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, where do I get that kind of joy, Brother Shane? Well, the joy comes directly from the throne of God. It comes from directly from Jesus Christ Himself. If we try to depend on other forms of joy, it is the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the joy of Him that He loves me and that He died for me. It's the sacrifice that He did. We all know this, 1 Peter 1, 18. It actually says that for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with the corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers. Thank God that I'm not saved by somebody else's traditions. But with the precious blood of Christ. That's a different kind of blood. That's a precious blood that Peter's talking about. The precious blood of Christ as a lamb without, uh, without blemish and without spot. There's a time that I came to be able to stop hearing about Jesus Christ. There's a time that I stopped listening to people talk about it. There's a time that I, I met Jesus Christ on my own. See, I was born uh, into a church-going family. Y'all know that. Uh, like pastor, I was one of those kids that went to church nine months before I was born because mama and daddy was always in the church house. And I'm not bragging about all that, but what, they, they had me these little things that I, I was always inundated with Jesus Christ. Thank God for parents that just told me about Jesus and, and prayed about with Jesus Christ. And that time that I was ready to accept Him, I knew what to do, glory to God. But they gave me little cassette tapes. Does anybody even know what a cassette tape is? I had this little... <laughs> I forget who I was preaching to tonight. <laughs> Whoop, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jeffrey. Jeffrey's the youngest... But no, no, no. Praise God. We're going to have a... Lord, please help me tonight. I've got to get out of this. 
cassette tapes. Boy, those were something else. I, I, I loved them. I, I enjoyed them. I had this little bag uh, of books and, and cassette tapes, and they told me about Moses. They told me about Noah. They told me about Daniel in the lion's den. It was amazing. I would listen to those tapes and they would sing little songs between every little account when the Lord Jesus Christ was giving in the Bible how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood before King Nebuchadnezzar and they got into the fiery furnace and they didn't bow, they didn't bend, but praise God, they didn't burn and they continue on and they had all of these things and that amazed me that I thought how wonderful it is to hear these stories. I listened to those stories and I was amazed by those things but I hadn't experienced it yet. (laughs) Then the day came. Hallelujah. The day came that I experienced all of what I was listening to and about. Boy, I I heard about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and I heard how He rose on the third day and I heard about His ascending into heaven and I heard how He walked through the walls and and began to tell uh, uh, Thomas to to put His hands in His uh, feet or be able to touch His hands and in His side and and I heard about all of those stories but then all of a sudden it wasn't just a story on a page to me anymore. It wasn't just a, 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 a thing that people dreamed up. It became real to me. Why? Because the word of God is real. <laughs> That's why I don't want I to tell you that, that, that they have Bible story books all the time. I don't like to use the word story because they're not stories. That gives the implication that they're not true. But I believe without a shadow of a doubt, Brother John, that every word that is in the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. It is inerrant. It is one of those things that we have to look forward to, that we know that the word of God is real. We know that the word of God is true. We know that the word of God is a way that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. We know that the word of God is never going to lead us astray. Thank God for the word of God. And it comes so real to us and it begins to be so real and that joy comes from Jesus Christ. Why? Because I met Him that day. I didn't just hear about Him anymore. But then there's the joy of... this. Is I'm really excited about this as if I'm not excited about everything else. Brother Jerry says, Brother Shane, if you get excited sometime, it might help your preaching. So I get excited. The joy of justification. Oh my, now everybody's thinking, well, we can get joy with Jesus because we know what that's all about. But uh, what are you talking about with this justification? Well, Romans chapter number five. Oh my heavens, somebody stop that clock. Romans chapter number five, verse number one says this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing, what an amazing verse that we have there. You say, therefore, well, what is the therefore? Therefore, you have to read what chapter number three and chapter number four is all about. The Holy Spirit of God inspired Paul to be able to perfectly lay out that there is no way of justification other than faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no way that you can earn it, that you've never done anything that would cause you to be righteous because all your righteousness is as filthy rags. There's no way that we can do any other thing to earn it, but thank God it's by faith in Jesus Christ. You get to look through that and it says that justification, uh, it's, it's referring to that chapter 3 and chapter number 4. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I believe all means all. That means that 
I have missed the mark. I have not been able to have uh, the life that I'm supposed to have. I was not able to fulfill what I was supposed to fulfill. The fact is laid out that we have to have the Lord Jesus Christ in faith in Him. As a matter of fact, you begin to look through the results of justification and, and, and there are things that chapter number 5 and maybe yeah, we'll just go through it. Think about this. Chapter number 5 in the book of Romans. Go ahead and turn over there with me because this is too good to pass up. Romans chapter number 5, you begin to look at that very first verse and it actually says just that, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not so only, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that the tribulation and worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is glory to God given to us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Glory to God, amen. There I am right there in the scripture. For scarcely a righteous man would die, uh, would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while I was yet a sinner, glory to God, hallelujah. Christ died for us. Christ died for me. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if we, when we were enemies, were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Glory to God. You say, Brother Shane, what is all that about? Uh, you have seven. If you go through, you can count them. I've already numbered them all up. In verse number one, you see the very first result of justification. Glory to God, we have peace with God. There's some people that I want to be at peace with. There are some that I definitely want to be at peace. And God is at the top of the list. I would never want to declare war on God because you will lose. So the very first result that we have of justification is we have peace with God. If you look in the second verse, we have access to the throne of God by whom we have access by faith into His grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. We have access now because God has saved us and has brought us to where there's nothing between me and Him any longer. Thank God, Brother Earl, I don't have to have a priest to go to. Thank God I don't have to have a sacrifice to be able to bring to Him because the ultimate sacrifice has already been sacrificed. The ultimate sacrifice has already been laid out and God has cried out, satisfied because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But we have access to the throne of God. That's the very second in verse number two. But look with me. At the end of verse number two, what is that second one or third one that we have? We can rejoice in hope. Rejoice. In hope. What kind of hope? Well, that word hope there actually means that it is a, a confident expectation. And it is an anticipation with pleasure. What does that mean? I can anticipate with pleasure that Jesus Christ is coming again. 
I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is on His way to this place to pull us up out of this terrible place called the world. And thank God that we have an eternal home called heaven that we will forever be able to abide and to serve and to worship Him forevermore. What is number four? Look with me in verse number three. Verse number three says, And not so only, but we glory in tribulation also. That is a benefit, that is a result of justification. No other religion in the world can you glory, can you be excited, can you say that God is doing something good, somebody is doing something good in my life. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ that when you are at your very lowest, when you are deep, I saw a family stand by the grave of a loved one this afternoon, but they could have joy and they could rejoice in a hope that they knew that Jesus Christ Almighty what had already taken their loved one home, being confident of this very thing, that thank God that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm thankful that we have that promise. And we can glory during those tribulations, times that are bad. Still we can glory in the Lord. Verse number five, you begin to look through the hope, make us not ashamed because of the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Thank God that we have the very fifth one is the love of God is shed abroad in us. Thank God that we have the love of God. But as a matter of fact, God says that people will know that you are mine because you love one another. That we have a love for each other. That we enjoy uh, that, that, that time that we're able to have and love and bestow that love upon each other. And thank God, how is that love displayed? How is that love given out? It is only by the Holy Spirit of God. No other way can we do that other than the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And you say, well, how do I get that? It is given to you the very moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Why? You say verse number 5. Does it say that in there? Which is, at the end of the verse, given unto us. What? What a promise. What a wonderful thing to know. And then verse, uh, verse number nine gives us this. I love this one. Verse number nine says this, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The wrath of God is a very real thing. The wrath of God is going to be poured out upon this world someday. You say, Brother Shane, do you know when that's going to take place? I absolutely do not know the hour. I do not know the moment. I do not know how it's going to happen. But I know without a shadow of a doubt because of the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God and the promises of the Word of God that it is going to take place. But even better, Brother Wade, I ain't going to be here. Now that's not good English, I know. But we don't have any English teachers in here, I hope, tonight. I'm not going to be here. Why? Because I'm going to be brought out of this whole world and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 18, at the very end of it, after he talks about how the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air and be with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And in verse number 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, that we don't have to worry about going through the wrath to come. 
And then number seven, the seventh one, the seventh great result of justification is that we are, in verse number 10, reconciled. Reconciled to God. That word is really interesting because the reconciliation, we think about bringing everything together, but actually that word, what it means is it has removed everything between me and God. It has removed the veil. When did that happen, Brother Shane? At the cross. When Jesus Christ said it is finished and gave up the ghost, the veil was rent into from top to bottom. And thank God that everything that it took me to try to get between, that it was between me and God, was then removed. Why? By the faith and the blood of Jesus Christ. That means my sin was removed. Why? Because I have trusted in Jesus Christ. Everything that was between me and Him, I'm reconciled. That means I can get up right next to Him. Hallelujah. Do y'all, do y'all like to snuggle? I know my wife is watching right now. She's saying, oh my heaven, Shane, why would you just say that? Good part about it is that she can't do nothing about it because I got the microphone, amen. You just like to, to get with that, your wife and your husband or whatever, and, and just snuggle up and love on them. Boy, that means everything has been removed. That God is not worried about the sin in my life because it has been judged at Calvary. And it is gone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now some of y'all starting to snuggle. Wait a minute. The church ain't over. Everything has been brought. I have been made to be able to go back right to him, a new creature, whether I can just abide, full circle, abide and he abide in me, you say, brother Shane is really is uh, is just is just being with uh, Jesus Christ. The joy of your salvation is that really the only thing? No, there's more, but we don't have time for it tonight. But the justification that we have, the Jesus that we have, the joy of our salvation, how wonderful it is to know that we have the joy of salvation to give us joy outside of our circumstances that we're in tonight. See, tonight, if you were able to check your gauge tonight, check your gauge of life of joy, would it be half full? Would it be a quarter of a tank? Would the low fuel light be blinking? Would your Chevrolet be in saying low do you know, boy, how, how, how much joy do you have in your life? See, why not that we could just come on tonight to this Lord, to the, this old-fashioned altar and we can get restored, fill up one more time. Why do we come to church on a Wednesday night? Because Sunday to Sunday is too long. I need something between there to get a little joy in my life. Why don't we just gather around tonight maybe and just say, Lord, I just need a little more joy. You may even want to come tonight and say, Lord, 
I just want to thank you for the joy that I do have in my life. Let's stand all over the building. Heavenly Father.